0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to What Am I Making? It's episode 3. I'm your host, Maddie C. Let's get things going. Maddie C. Welcome back to episode three of What Am I Making? What'd you think of that new theme music? That's from my friend David Baldwin, who, after just a few days of me asking, hey, man, could you put together some new theme music for the pod for me? And he said, well, sure. What do you need? And I said, how about early Depeche Mode? And he said, oh, here you go. Have talented friends is my advice. Have talented friends. Thanks, Dave. It's awesome. I love you, buddy. All right. Squeaky chair is in action. Um, I got Maura Quint on the show today. Maura's a really, really funny and smart lady. And um, if you know Maura, you might know her from her hilarious and a very, very uh, heavily followed Twitter feed at behind your back. You might have seen a bunch of her hilarious stuff on TikTok. You may even be familiar with some of her tax policy work. You might have seen her writing in McSweeney's. Regardless, she's a really funny person. She's also really smart. And really thoughtful, and we had just a great discussion. We actually had a great discussion and half because the first time we got together, Mora was really kind and tried to suffer through uh, what I'm going to say was my internet uh, issue. I'm not going to put this on Mora Quinn. I'm going to take responsibility for myself. This is part of the work that I am doing. So we got cut off. I, I'm not exaggerating nine or ten times, and finally I was like, "This is ridiculous. We're never going to be. I'm never going to be able to edit this back together." And you're just getting cut off every time you you get a sentence out. Let's do this another time if you're if you're willing to even bother again. And of course, she was a sweetheart, and she did it again. She was awesome, and um, just just an amazing individual. Um, we have a a really great discussion. And when I went to have this second interview with Mora, I really wasn't sure where to start because the first conversation, stilted though it was, got to really interesting and neat places and there was one idea that i was really fixated on that stuck with me after we got together and talked and it was this concept that adulthood was a destination and i don't i don't know that i'd ever really put it in those words before until recently but we started talking about this idea and and it really it really hit me hard because i've lived most of my life thinking i was supposed to have this shit figured out that everybody had it figured out, and we don't. Nobody does. I didn't know that we're all making it up as we go along, and I didn't figure that out until really, really recently. And it makes me feel kind of foolish and naive. But at the same time, Mora and I talk about the fact that while that's kind of a terrifying thing that nobody's in charge, it's also really freeing because it means we have more power than we realize. And that's kind of the purpose of what I'm trying to do here. It's sort of to find my own power, and in a way, in finding that power and in sort of reinvesting in my own voice, I want to help other people find theirs. And I want to have these kind of conversations, because I've already had four or five of these. This is the third one that I've published. None of these have gone like I expected, and they've all led to more interesting and illuminating ideas and conversations than I ever would have thought up on my own. This is the beauty of collaboration and conversation. I think that's what my gift is. I think, that's, I think that's a big reason why I'm here, why this is work that I'm supposed to be doing. And some more than I talk about, the, the important work of our lives, and most of what we talk about today is raising kids. And that wasn't what we were going to talk about. That wasn't what I thought we were going to talk about. But we talk a lot about seeing ourselves and the lessons we've learned through watching our own children and what that experience has been like for us. Mora um, has a really interesting story where she talks about sort of the, the blessing and the curse of being a gifted kid, something that I could relate to, something that she could relate to and could see in her own son. Um, we talk about learning how to ask for help and giving yourself permission to do that. Speaking of asking for help, now's a great time for me to ask you to support this podcast and my Substack. You can go to whatamimaking.substack.com and sign up for a free or a paid subscription today. The simple fact of the matter is this is all free right now. I'm giving this away, but it's really expensive to do it. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I want to keep doing this, and I want to keep doing it for as many hours a week as I can. But to do that, I need your support. So if you like what I'm doing here, if you appreciate what I'm doing here, you can go over and you can sign up for a membership today. If you just want to try it out for free, you'll still get access to everything else. Again, the address is whatamimaking.substack.com. And if you have some money and you want to support us, we sure would appreciate your help. We're going to get to a point where we're going to have to start asking more ferociously and more frequently. (laughs) But for right now, it's all volunteer. We're doing this on sort of a PBS pledge drive kind of vibe. So if you could give us some support, we sure would appreciate it. We've got monthly memberships, we've got annual memberships, and if you've got a little extra money and you really believe in what we're doing, you can even become a founding member today. Go over to whatamimaking.substack.com and make sure that uh, whether you have a membership or not, you're sharing this with your friends. Anybody who is interested in these kinds of ideas, please let them know about the work I'm doing over here. Let them know about the pod and let them know about the uh, mixtape for a future self, which make sure you're checking those out. There are three of those out now. Anyway, this is work that I'm really excited about, I'm really proud of, I'm really happy to share it with you, but I need your support. That support can come in the form of likes and shares and money or whatever you're able to do. Your time, your talents, and your cash are all valid here. We would love to have your assistance. If you have feedback for us, please let us know what's up. Go over to the Substack page again. What am I making? Leave us a comment, or you can even jump in there and send me a direct note. You can also email me directly at phono4gmail.com, at or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Wax and Wayne Music. And on Facebook and Instagram, you can find me uh, as Harbor Coat Music, as Wax and Wayne Music, and as What Am I Making Blog. Make sure you're checking all of those out and following us on all of the different social outlets. All right, without any further ado, I am so happy and pleased to give you my conversation with the hilarious and talented Maura Quint. Enjoy. I'm just going to, honestly, I was like, where where am I going to go? What am I going to, I'm like, I'm just going to dive right back into the shit that I remember we were talking about last time. Like, like just we're going to jump. I remember I've been I've been fixated on this, this concept where you and I were talking about how as we were growing up and even into like kind of into our 20s, we were talking about this idea that adulthood was a destination. Mm -hmm. That was kind of what we got cut off on. And I was I've been thinking about that a lot. And I would love it if you could maybe kind of talk about that idea a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, growing up for myself and i think a lot of people wind up feeling this way this sense that there is a a sort of end goal to life that there is a place we have to get to right like if i just go to the right school and get the right job and meet the right person and and sort of make the right choices i will end up at this sort of place that i have arrived at of happiness and and success in some way and then i just you know then i kind of like that's it, right? Like I, I coast there and happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: like you. Uh, it's like you tick off these things on the checklist, and at 38, you have everything that you're supposed to have, and now it's just sort of cruise control until retirement, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, even though I now am at a point in my life where I fully uh, I recognize that that is a complete lie. That's not a truth at all. There's like a little part of my brain that still sort of feels this like well, if I just do these couple of other things, then I will have succeeded at happy for my life, right? Like if I just, if I were to just publish a, a few more things, and if I just, if I just made these a couple of additional connections, and I, I had this going for me, and this was a constant, then I I would be set, and that would be it. And that's just, it. it's not at all the way Life works, (laughs) unfortunately.
0: And I don't want to sound like all hippie-ish, but like there's something to that idea of sort of that Zen philosophy of, you know, enough is never enough, no matter what it is.
1: Yeah. And it's also that like life is not static, right? I mean, the only constant in life is that everything changes. So we're never at a point where it's like, all right, well, this is it. Lock it in. This is it. We're good for now. We're set. That's Oh, yeah. I mean, like
0: I've talked to I've talked to people in my life for so many years um, where I talk about like it would be really fascinating to go back and like really sort of dissect our own existence and go, okay, like for myself, I'm a 50 year old guy. How many lifetimes have I actually had? How many yeah. different people have I been? can yeah. we draw can we draw those lines and do we know why they happen uh oh, are we doing this again? Sorry, oh, I'm back. not sure. You're there back. were
1: sirens going by too. So it's oh, all no, you're, madness. You're, oh well,
0: it's probably just be we're we're probably just being squashed by the by the government just so that they can have bandwidth. They don't
1: like. The they don't want the people to know this. You know, no, the, no. this is information. No, is and I will very and dangerous. I, and I will
0: say in East Lansing, uh, near where I live, uh, scanner chatter and uh, people reporting what anyone called in as fact um, wound up being a real issue last week.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That fun.
0: <laughs> um, well, we had the, the shooting at the university. Jeez, uh-huh. and, and so, you know, Facebook blows up and it's just people reporting everything that's being called in on the scanner, right. whether or not it's true. And it led to a lot of panic. So, oh, I'm
1: sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, didn't mean to jump off course there.
1: No. I mean- <laughs> um,
0: but like, like, I love this idea that I think... Even as recently as a, a few months ago, I think I had still convinced myself that most adults had it figured out. Most oh, people yeah. knew what was going on. And the reality is we're all just making it up. We're all full of shit.
1: Oh, absolutely. that That is a huge lesson that, uh, that I've learned slowly through my life. Although I think I am at nearly full acceptance of this one. <laughs> the understanding that, I mean, that no one knows what they're doing, which is actually um, – A pretty frightening concept because it then leads into the awareness that no one's really in charge, right? Like, no one has a master plan for this. It's not, and I mean, there are people who have specialties, there are people who know in particular certain things that they're doing, but no one's like really running the show here. Everyone's kind of just responding as they go to whatever they experience and using, you know, the best. Sometimes the best, sometimes the worst of their abilities to to deal in that particular moment, and that is, it's kind of liberating. It's kind of terrifying. I think most things that are liberating are also kind of terrifying. <laughs> they usually oh, go. Oh, in for hand.
0: sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, like I was having, uh, I was talking to a friend the other night, and he and I both have kids who are um, college age or a little bit older, and I told him that and had an experience when we were first new parents like that first week where you bring the kid home and and there's that moment where you're like oh wait all the ca- all the casseroles have been delivered and all of the help has been provided and now it's just us yeah <laughs> and oh, there's gosh, that there's mo- the moment You know, there's that. No, 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 that's okay. There's that moment of terror. But I turned to my wife in one of those moments, and I think this just gets back to the whole making it up as you go thing. And I said, "We are going to screw this child up a hundred different ways, Mm -hmm. and all we can hope is that when we do that, we just we just fuck it up out of love."
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually probably the best philosophy for life, right? Like, just just try and fuck it up out of love. Like, you can't get it right, so. You know, if you're just trying to act in the most sort of, I mean, I hate like authentic it sounds so, but you know, in whatever is true to you and you're trying to act from a place of like love, whether it's love for others and love for yourself and and move on that. I mean, you're doing the best you can. Obviously, as I say that, I can think of a million ways that can be corrupted into terrible oh, things. Oh, for sure. I mean, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but, yeah. You know. I, mean,
0: I mean, take any, take any <laughs> particular philosophy or religion that you want to and then break it down to, you know, some, you know, corrupted uh, fundamentalist version of that. And then all right. of a sudden that that is somehow love. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the the child thing, I mean, that's really funny to me, because certainly, I know I had that moment. Um, And I, you know, the first child that my uh, ex and I had, you know, we turned to each other, like at the edge of the hospital, right, as we're walking out the door, like, kind of like looking around us, like almost like we thought maybe the baby who would have like the tags, the alarms that would go off as you walk through, like you're stealing something like they're they're just going to let us walk out of here with this, like just on our own, like uh, someone's going to tackle us, right? Or be like, oh, you can't leave with that. Like that was absolutely how we felt. It was really, really bizarre to cross cross that threshold and just be out in the world with this human being that you're entrusted with. That's scary as heck. It's a it's, weird it's feeling. It's terrifying.
0: Um yeah. so your
1: kids are how old now, Mora? They're nine and eleven.
0: Okay. So at the at the risk of prying, you were you were how old when you had that first experience as a new mother?
1: I was thirty one.
0: Okay. Okay. So That's still relatively right. young. I mean <laughs> I mean not, you know, it's not the old, you know get married right out of high school and have him at 19 plan but it's it's still fairly young i mean 31 feels trust me as a 50 year old dude 31 seems remarkably young at this point
1: oh yeah even right now to me like oh yeah that seems incredibly young but I, certainly at that point i had lived a couple of lives i mean as you said like i'd been a couple of people already i'd you know i'd, I'd already sort of gone down a few pathways and i i definitely felt like all right well this is this is I guess I'm an adult, regardless of how I feel. I guess that that counts, right? <laughs> like uh,
0: Um I mean the the responsibilities show up every morning.
1: Yeah. They're <laughs> you there. know, whether
0: you're ready or not.
1: It's but that feeling I think that like that moment for people who have experienced it as well, where you sort of cross that threshold with this baby that is just like that you have to shepherd through and you want the absolute best for, but you know that you're going to make so many mistakes. Like, you know, there's no perfect way to do it. If there was a perfect way to do it, we all would be doing it that way. We'd be like, ah, yes, the instructions, I'm going to follow them. That doesn't exist. There's a million nuances. Excuse me. I have a bit of a cold, but there's like a million different variables and possibilities and and things that you have to take into account that are only true of your particular circumstance, your existence, this this other other person's existence, the way that those things mesh and meld, and your surroundings. And it's a really, really intense, stark feeling. But I also think that it is sort of, I mean, not to be too sort of cheesy about it, but it is the feeling that we have with our own lives. It's this thing, right? That we have to shepherd through, that we are told, like, now it's yours now. You're an adult. Go, you know, here, walk out the door with it. Enjoy, figure out how you're going to raise your own life. And that, I think like we don't really prepare people for that sensation and that feeling. And I think that can be really weird and frightening, um, especially for like new adults, <laughs> for young people.
0: No, that no, that's amazing. Uh the the idea of sort of like shepherding yourself while you're shepherding someone else through. I'd never I'd never really thought about it that way before. Um how were you as a new parent and how you how are you as an adult about asking for help? I'm an adult. God damn it. You're an adult. <laughs> God damn it. You're, no. you're a parent. You're a you're a semi self-sufficient human being. Um, Ugh, how terrible. are you? How good are you about asking for help when you need it? Oh, boy. Um, The
1: short answer is I'm getting better, but it's something I've never been good at. I'm not good at asking for help. Me neither. I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Why I mean, do you hate it? I hate it for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I I don't like to burden people. So, you know, just the having to ask, I don't, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Two, I don't like to be vulnerable. So having to ask for help means admitting a weakness. It means admitting there's something that you're not able to handle. And that feels terrible because I'm completely in control. I'm fine. I can do everything. It's, I don't, I can carry that. Leave me alone. You know, I'm very like, I'll kick the door open with, as I'm, you know, my arms are, it, it, I'm fine. That is the sort of that's the being that I have tried to sort of cultivate or that I am. And so having to say, oh no, I'm not fine and I, I need something from another person feels very frightening. Um, and I think fundamentally because one, vulnerability means that you could be hurt, and two, it also means you can be rejected, right? You can you can ask for help and not receive it. And that right. feels like an even bigger problem than like, than what do you do if you uh, and I face think there's
0: I think it's really easy when you're sort of handing out advice or when people are talking to you it's really simple to go well wow. even if they say no you're not any worse off than you are right now and in reality I guess I guess sort of logically uh, and in uh, tangentially that's true or sorry tactically that's true but it's not true like not only do I not mm. have the thing I had but I also open myself up and hoped for a solution from this other person, mm-hmm. or at least help for a solution and a light. And now I've, I've, I've asked for a, you know, a raft and they've said, no, sorry, we're all full up over here. Can't yeah. help. You know. Yeah. What
1: you've lost is some part of hope. Like, yeah. by, you know, if you, if you're not asking, there's always the thought, well, eventually I can ask if I really have to,
0: but right. if you've asked
1: and you haven't received, then now, where are you now? Now it feels Dire. Right. Because now you're really in a terrible spot. So, you know, better to just keep that idea of hope that maybe I could get help eventually if I really needed it rather than see the doors shut. And and then
0: also, do you do the thing? Because like now immediately my mind is going to I'm just circling back to, well, everybody else has got it figured out. How come I have to ask for help? Right. So then um, it just comes, it comes like t- for me, it just kind of sort of swings back around and it just becomes this big, what, what my therapist is lovingly referred to as the cycle of suffering.
1: <laughs> I like that. That's good. It's, it's, it would be a good band name too. I would totally go to that show. Um, it, it's uh, Oh, we're
0: going to, no, we're going to talk about then that then. Cause I just launched something new today that I want to, <laughs> I want to talk about that. So go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm going to write that down. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, think that I have that, that cycle. Definitely. I, I that definitely plays into, but I think <laughs> I, uh, hmm, wow. I don't know how much I should admit here. Cause I don't think this, this makes me sound very good. Um, but I, I like helping people, right? So I try very hard to help others. So sometimes I can get in my head and go, all right, look, you've helped others. So you can ask for help. It's the same as everybody else. everybody needs help sometimes. I can have that rational thought that is very like you know, of course, none of us can do it alone. We all need help sometime i can I can sit with that thought, <laughs> but there's a little part of me that, and I don't know what this is, but it's not that I go, well, but you're better than everybody else. It's that you should be better than everybody like you should have worked harder, you know, like there's there's some part of me that inside of myself. That's like, no, but you should figure it out, Mara. Everybody else needs help. That's natural and normal, but you shouldn't. You should have figured it out. And I don't know where that comes from, I'm sure.
0: Uh, I do the same thing. I think it's, it's, oh, that's, oh yeah. Knowing So some of it is ego, I'm sure. Mm -hmm, Sure. Right. Um, Some of it, I think, is the way we, I'm really learning that I have, misinterpreted a lot of cultural expectations and given them a lot more weight and Mm. um, uh, negative energy than they should have had. I've had a really unhealthy relationship with the idea of work since my teenage years, thinking that work, (laughs) that work. So you're
1: American. Okay. I am.
0: Uh (laughs) Yeah. It isn't just that, that I, I, I have been, (laughs) I have been wounded uh, in myriad ways by capitalism, both literal and figurative but um that i I bought into this idea that work was something that you didn't get to enjoy or mm-hmm, that sure. enjoyment wasn't the wasn't a primary concern it was a fringe benefit if you were lucky enough to get it.
1: Oh absolutely, yeah that's that was like a weird little lottery winning thing that could happen,
0: yeah or or you did what my mom did, which was you took your remarkable talents and energy and ambition and empathy and taught school for thirty years and just got completely mm-hmm. underpaid <laughs> you know? yeah
1: that that'll do it, yeah, yeah. if you want to actually. Uh- utilize the, the the skills that you have we generally tend to say <laughs>
0: but, but, uh, well, but to me this is kind of getting at you're talking about you want to help other people and that's kind of in a way that's sort of a, a central tenet of what I'm trying to do with this thing it's to find out what are the valuable things that people are doing that we're not paying attention to i mean this started for me as a musician because you can't the only reason I can be a musician is because it's it's a hobby that I can pay for because I have a full time gig, right? That makes me sad. I watch other bands that are half my age and they get paid a hundred bucks at the end of the night filling a room, mm-hmm. you know. So my guess is that uh, writing comedy and do <laughs> and doing tax policy work ain't exactly bringing in Wall Street cash. So you're <laughs> clearly doing it for more than just the money. So so tell me a little bit about I mean it's so corny. Like the show is called What Am I Making? And I could just open and go, more Quint, what are you making? Like I don't want to be Bob Eubanks. But like <laughs> tell me about tell me about how you see the work you do and how it all fits together as as somebody who's incredibly funny and smart and thoughtful, but is also doing like active, you know, policy-based work. Tell me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, my whole path to being here is a really weird one and does not follow any normal place. Um, and I, you know, I I pay for where I live and my food by doing uh, activism and, and policy. And I'm incredibly lucky to be able to do that. But I didn't like I didn't set out in my life to do that. <laughs> I wound up here by a series of it's I want to say accidents, but you know there is a little element of like you have to kind of at least point yourself in a direction for the right accidents to happen right like you, you And some you of it's to... just
0: leaving the house
1: yes. right it's just it going out is. into
0: the world and saying um this seems kind of neat let me do that for a little bit um so is that kind of is that kind of what the process was like
1: yeah i mean for me it was very strange i was just i was working just Jobs, right? Just whatever jobs. And they they happened to be in comms and PR and events and things like that. Uh in nonprofits. I was doing lots of nonprofits. Um, and it was those were those were just work that I had basically. Just like, all right, I need a job. I need healthcare. This job has healthcare. Okay, I will apply and try my best to be real shiny and bubbly and happy at the interview. <laughs> and like, I'm great. You, you know, that was just a path of those types of things. Um, and then completely off to the side, um, I started doing some comedy writing, which was something I'd always kind of done, but never done anything with. I never attempted to write comedy. Um I it didn't occur to me that I could. I didn't, it didn't occur to me I was allowed to. I thought that was something you had to be invited to do in some way. Uh in general, creativity, creative practice. I thought you had to be invited in the door. Like someone had to come and say, "I see your brilliance, and I want you to be part of this, and you are now allowed and to perform and be a creator and an artist." Like I, I don't know, like what some
0: like some gatekeeper shows up and gives you a little key, yeah, and goes, "All right, let's go get on the Hogwarts train and and we go to Creatorland."
1: I assume there's like a pen that you have to pull from a rock, and then if you pull <laughs> it out, they're like, "You get to be a writer," like I, you know, something. Something like that.
0: (laughs) Just a hundred would-be Hemingways lined up at the lake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I never saw that rock to pull it out of. So I'm like, well, I guess, I don't don't know. Probably not me, huh? Um, Yeah, it it seemed something that was sort of off to the side for special people.
0: Um, But this, I mean, doesn't that tie right back into what I was just saying about the idea that it can't be work if you enjoy it? Right. Even if someone, like... And then therefore everybody who does it, unless you're super famous is underpaid and therefore you can't really make any money at it. So it just seems like this sort of, sort of like little, little cycle of, oh, oh I do this because uh, I love it and I don't get paid because I love it. So I'll never get paid at it. So <laughs> right? it's okay. It's okay because I love it.
1: Right. Well, yeah, you're expected to, yeah. to sort of suffer in that way. And, you know, I mean, the thing too, is like, I had even, I I had like a, a college professor um, read something I'd written, like more than one, actually a couple who were like, you should submit this. You should, you should, you know, here's a place you should do it. And I still was like, no, not me, not me. Like, no, that's terrifying. I don't know what you're talking about. And I, I sort of carried on my way. And so, yeah, I came to writing much later by way of just a Twitter, like at the time an anonymous Twitter account where I just started like posting whatever stupid things were in my head about, you know, my coworkers, which is why my Twitter was called "Behind Your Back"? I was talking behind their backs. <laughs> I was just making jokes about them. But it was fully anonymous, so like I didn't, you know, I figured they'd never see it. And they were just broad jokes, really, about being in an office. And uh, and people responded to it, and they seemed to to sort of like it. And so I kept going because you know, hey, this is fun, and um, and I sort of fell into that world, and um, and I a couple of people started reaching out and being like, you should submit um pieces and I had one friend who really like forced my hand and was like you're going to submit pieces you're you're a comedy writer and like here's an editor submit some stuff and so I was like oh gosh oh gosh okay here I don't know here are a couple pitches and the editor was like great we'll take this one and we'll pay you for it and I was like is that all I had to do this whole time (laughs) that's it I had to I just had to
0: have confidence
1: I, I just had to try
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> like, Oh, I just had to write. And I just had to submit. Oh, huh. Well, that didn't seem so hard, did it?
0: Um, no. And then you turn around and you do that a hundred more times and you get the same number of yeses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they all are paying you you know, 50 bucks. Um, it, it, <laughs> so it, is, it turns out still doesn't pay your rent.
0: I do think that's an amazing object lesson in what it can be when somebody else reminds you of your voice. Of your talent, of your ability, or or reinforces something that you sort of have found a way to mute, even though maybe it's really—I hate the word calling—but like maybe maybe it's something for which you have a a a preternatural ability toward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of hate that that is true, but I did have to have my hand forced by someone who was um, much further along and who was working in that field um, because I I couldn't bring myself to believe it. And I also like, you know, not even just, <laughs> not even just this sort of like starry eyed. Wow. I can, but also to be clear, a tremendous amount of fear. Cause it's the same fear oh, as sure. asking for help. Right? Like, it's like, well, sure. But what if I submit? And then they say, no, this sucks. Well, now I'm worse because before I thought maybe I could eventually. And now right. I'm being told, no, I can't ever. Uh, and that's a much worse place to be. So trying is just a doorway to failure. So now, I don't want failure. Now you I won't did, try.
0: You did something that's a tell right there for me, which is you went um you went all or nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Is this a is this a, a I'm not trying to analy- analyze. analyze? No, I'm for just it. <laughs> doing so much damn work on myself that I when I see it in other people now, I'm like, oh shit, that's me. I'm hiding in there. <laughs> um is that something you've always done and are you aware of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's you know, at least at first, right? Like, you learn that it's not. You learn that it's it's not. But that that moment of learning is really scary for me. Yes, there's absolutely a sense of like, either either I can do this or I can't. And I, you know, it's got to be innate. I think in me, and I I think that because I see it in my eleven year old, not in my nine year old, but in my eleven year old, and he started this way too. He has a lot of natural abilities, which is like blessing and a curse because if you just kind of can do some things, you start to believe that you should just be able to do everything rather than having to learn that it is worthwhile to work and fail and struggle to get to things that you want. And I think I had that too. When you have a few natural abilities pretty young- (laughs) You start to go, well, I can just do those. So I don't need to do these other things. And like, if I fall, well, that means that I can't do this anymore. So I'll do something else like that I can do. And there's this sort of this this kind of expectation that you are either good at something or you're not, as opposed to going, hey, I can learn (laughs) to do all sorts of things and I can train myself to be better and to grow. And I don't have to start out already being strong. I can start out being weak and grow strong. And that is like, that has been a hard thing to to learn, I think, over time.
0: <laughs> um, it sounds like you're really learning it remarkably well. You just sort of parsed that out beautifully. I sort of felt like you that was your ability to return the favor of of analyzing me. <laughs> Seriously sitting there going, all right, so we're taking that. Thank God I'm recording this. <laughs> thank god um so as as the parent of of two daughters who are 22 and 24 and who i see much of my own talents and gifts in but also some of my negative patterns and some some sure. of the you know it's like it's like when you first see your kid mimic your own behavior when they're a toddler oh yeah and you go oh, yeah, that's cool. I do that. And then you go, oh, shit, I do that. (laughs) Uh So as you watch your 11-year-old sort of mirror your younger self, what's that experience like, both as a parent and somebody who's still learning this lesson internally?
1: That has been a really, it's been an interesting thing to see. It's very illuminating because, of course, you you see yourself outside of yourself. So now you get to see how other people see you (laughs) because you're, going, uh, and that, oh,
0: internet, that in and of itself is its own head trip.
1: Oh, it's, it's crazy and awful most of the time, because of course I've internalized that I'm much, I'm, it's not that big a deal. I'm fine. I'm, you know, and then I see it and I'm like, Oh no, no, that's a terrible behavior. We both got to work on that. It seems. Yeah. So let's do it together. Um, but I, you know, I feel that I, I feel grateful in a way, uh, because so much of what, my 11 year old in particular goes through are things that I have put a lot of work into and have gone through. So I feel like, Hey, I haven't gotten it all figured out, but like, I've got some ideas, you know, (laughs) I've got, I've got some coping mechanisms we could try. I've got, I understand what you're going through and I understand where it's originating from. And we can like, we can kind of work through and see the best way to do it. And I, the thing that comes to mind, and it's just sort of a very like goofy example, but, um, this was several years ago they were much younger but i took my children roller skating for the first time they'd never been on roller skates which obviously is very disorienting suddenly your feet have wheels That doesn't make sense nothing in our nature has ever taught us that It's a super
0: odd experience
1: it's really really odd and my eldest son has he's always been pretty coordinated like fairly athletic he's you know been able to do most physical things that have been asked of him but you put roller skates on him And he saw everyone skating around, no problem. And he just was furious that he couldn't skate around. He was willing to, you know, he understood, okay, it would take him, it would take him a minute. So he would give it a little but just a little bit of time, right? Before he was like really frustrated and really upset. And I watched, and he like melted down in the roller skating rink, just like, I don't want to do, you know, just anger and like having a kind of fit. And he went off to the side. Now, meanwhile, I'm watching my youngest who, you know, we have other things in common, but we don't share this in common. And he's just very slowly plodding around, just trying to like, just trying his feet a couple different ways. He'd fall, you know, and then try a different way and fall. Like, you know, just trying to find it, right? Just trying to find what is this? How, How do I keep my feet here? And, you know, and he just slowly did that. For an hour and i'm like i don't i don't know what that is that's amazing he was he
0: was fine with sort of the perseverance of slow progress
1: absolutely which i could not relate to but admired so much
0: (laughs) oh 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 when you see them when i don't don't want to project but like when i see my kids do something that i wish i had learned earlier Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: i'll well up with tears and i'll be like oh Oh, my god you figured that out even in that moment It's like, son of a bitch. Like, I don't know who taught you
1: that, but you didn't get it from me. (laughs) It's incredible. But meanwhile, my eldest, I'm like, oh, I get that. I get that. Oh, yeah. You're losing your fucking shit because you just, it's not working the way you think it should. And what I, what was interesting to me was like going over and talking to him as, you know, he was off the brink at this point. And he's just taking his skates off and go home kind of thing.
0: Life's never going to be good Uh, again.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I talk to him, you know, and was just like, Hey, I get it. I understand. And I was able to at least acknowledge what he was feeling. And, and I was like, you know, this is one of those things that it's just going to take some time and some practice. And I know that's really a frustrating feeling, but I think eventually you probably will enjoy it. And, you know, I'm going to go back out there with your brother, you know, when you feel calm and you want to come join us again, come join us. And what amazed me Was that he had his skates back on and he was back on the rink trying again calmly within three or four minutes. I know that myself at that age would not have recovered for the day. That would have been it. I would like, you know, I would not have. And I think partially it's just who he is. He's a better person than me. And partially (laughs) no one talked to me with understanding. Right. Like they just were like. I, that, I didn't get that same sort of empathy. It's, am- like-
0: uh, it's amazing what that little window of like, look, this is going to be okay. Uh, it sucks right now, but I've been through this and here's a little bit of what it was like for me. Right. You know, let's talk about how does that, does any of that make sense to you? And then let's talk about how you feel. Like basically setting out a, a welcome mat to go, this sucks. Let's figure out why.
1: Yeah just having that moment of feeling like oh my feeling is valid like i someone is telling me it's okay that i feel this way you know and now let's let's figure out how to move past it and i didn't you know i, I my parents are lovely lovely wonderful people but they yeah. definitely had the like stop crying or go sit in the car you know like it, it was oh, a very like oh i mean like, you i know. mean
0: Maura, you're a little bit younger than i am but the like the gen x thing there's a there's a weird weird little stew of of shit going on that we that we lived through that I, in, in a way, I don't know that we'll, another generation will ever replicate it quite the yeah. same way. Like we were the I first, la- we, we, God, <laughs> I hope not. we were the first latchkey kids. We were mm-hmm. the first kids to go through, I don't what six or seven different iterations of technology between birth and middle school. Yeah. Um, you know, we dealt with, um, we dealt with the cold war <laughs> and, and uh, the, the greed of the eighties <clears throat> And there was no concept of mental health for young people. It was just yeah. stiff yeah. upper lip, rub some dirt on it, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um And, you know, I don't know. I don't know even what my kids are going to wind up dealing with 20 years from now. But, like, we're all reckoning with shit that we don't understand from people who gave us stuff out of love, who are reckoning with shit they don't understand. And it's like we get, it's like we're handing yeah. down these. And the idea is you hope that the inheritance gets a little better every time. Like you were talking That's about right. how you said your kid's a better person than you are. Isn't that what we're all trying to do?
1: Absolutely. And what you were just saying, like I'll sort of circle it back. And, and while taking it further, it's a very confusing uh, shape I'm building here. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, when we're talking about whether or not we can ask for help, we're coming out of childhoods where we we often didn't get that help, or the ways that we would ask for help, that children ask for help, which is by expressing emotion, we were told it was not okay. We were we were told go away, right? Like or figure it out, or we were we were pushed off in some way. Not all of us, obviously, but I think that a lot of us <laughs> have had that experience where um our way of asking for help or just a general child's way of asking for help, being afraid, being angry, being, you know, having emotions displayed, we were told that was bad and wrong. And so we learned, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to express this. I'm not supposed to express this weakness. I'm not supposed to
0: Right, um, but, reach but out. But I, I am as a 35-year-old man supposed to go pay $150 to go sit in a room with a stranger for 55 minutes and have them help me understand what that, puzzle looks like moving back 30 years and how to piece that together (laughs) because I asked for help and I didn't get it and I still don't understand the help I need but I Mm -hmm. but I've learned to believe that if I don't ask for it in a certain way or explain it I won't get it and therefore we get back to the the first thing which is you know there's a million reasons not to ask for help
1: right that's right
0: um do you think your kids are better at this than you are do you think oh, that, i mean times. i mean now now the stakes are lower right <laughs> like 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 help when you're 11 is different than help when you're 21
1: it is but it isn't right because you know you think back to being a kid everything you're feeling feels like the biggest thing in the world it feels like the end of the world it, uh, it doesn't you know, matter that's, that you don't that's know a, what a, a very valid is. it feels to you like it is the whole world um so yeah i think i think the way that we feel in those moments continues on regardless of whether or not we're going to be homeless the next day if we ask for that help like it it doesn't really matter because it feels just as big it might yeah, even Yeah no bigger, you're
0: you're absolutely kids. right in 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 your head especially at a younger age the stakes are are, are just as large Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: no, my kids are great at asking for help. Maybe a little too good, actually. We might, we might be yeah. swinging that pendulum a little okay. too much so, the other way. There well, you know, everything's a like, balance, all right.
0: Maura. It's all about finding balance. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So before I let you go, talk to me about, I mean, since we've, we've, this has been great, but I wasn't expecting to spend so much time about <laughs> uh, on parenting, but it's awesome. Um, talk to me about, because one of the things I'm, I'm really looking at is, How are our daily actions informing the communities that we're building? One of the things I mentioned in my conversation with Pete in the first episode for this podcast was that I'd always been overwhelmed by the idea of being the change in the world that you want to see
1: because Mm. it felt like
0: I had to go do something new. And as I've gone through this sort of process of like kind of figuring out, okay, what do I need to be happy? Who am I as a person? How does that relate to the creative work that I do and all this other stuff? And it all it all basically comes back to connecting people together and building a community and 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 having a place and a world that I can live in both virtually and real that is engaging and interesting to me and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing partially is asking people, what are you doing in your community? That what it you know, it can be something as simple as what, you know, what museums are you going to? What um, is there a local theater is there a movie theater nearby that's you know locally owned like how do you even if it's not in your community I mean you live in Harrisburg mm-hmm. yep, okay. you know even if you're going to a neighboring town like if you're driving into Philly or you're going to wherever you know I mean are you what are you and your family doing in terms of engaging with the art in your area how do you do that what does that look like in your life
1: Engaging with art specifically. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, when I say art, I mean, uh, that could be music, visual art, sure. uh, theater, movies, uh, um, m- museums, all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it art matters very much to me. I, I find it incredibly important. And I know through experience that I'm less happy when I am not engaging it. So, and it matters to me in all forms. And I am doing my best to sort of throw myself into it all the time. So, I mean, I've, I've been on a tear of going to as many concerts as I possibly can because live music makes me happy. All live music, really. It just, it makes me very, very happy. Um, What specifically
0: have you seen lately that really, that really sparked you?
1: um, I saw Big Thief in Philly, which they were fantastic.
0: Um, Yeah. And I
1: got really lucky because actually uh, a, an amazing person reached out to me, um, seeing how much I liked They Might Be Giants and was able to arrange for me to take my kids to their first concert. Uh, oh,
0: wait, it. you took your children, your nine and 11 year old yeah. boys, for whom They Might Be Giants was specifically engineered. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I don't know if you have slightly awkward middle school children, but that basically <laughs> is the ethos of They Might Be Giants.
1: Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. <clears throat> i took them and they <coughs> excuse me sorry I, I have a cold but That's um all right they were playing the flood album on this particular tour too which is yeah. like was very straightforward because my you know my kids haven't delved fully into the entire oeuvre they've produced a lot of songs so mm-hmm. it was like very like no no you're gonna hear you're gonna hear <laughs> stuff you absolutely know uh and they they loved it it was an awesome thing to get to do and actually, I'm really fortunate again, uh, someone had reached out to me and I am taking them to New York to Carnegie Hall this weekend for something called the Piano Recital, which is actually a bunch of indie artists uh, doing their works on piano. Um, oh my, who's going to be there? Uh, the artist, um, gosh, I don't have them off the top of my head. I know uh, the the woman of Japanese Breakfast.
0: Um, oh, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my daughters really are, cool.
0: My daughters are huge fans of that band.
1: Oh, well, yeah, this should be... Uh, Pretty awesome and then I'm gonna wow. take my kids to the Met actually too because I really want to uh
0: have they been to the Met before
1: they haven't
0: it's overwhelming and it's amazing and it's maybe the best museum I've ever been to
1: it, it is fantastic and I've been fortunate to go there a fair amount of times and I'm so I'm pretty excited to take them my kids in general are, are like they're they're really they're cool I mean they both uh play instruments and love playing instruments my, what do they play um I don't my eldest is—he keeps changing. Some sort of like wind instrument, and now brass. Um, my youngest right now is playing trumpet for fun, but he really loves the piano. He plays piano all the time. He takes piano That's lessons. That's awesome. He adores it. So, yeah, they're fantastic.
0: Um, they're,
1: they're cool. Uh, yes. And making then, cool,
0: making cool kids is also the other aim. I think. <laughs> you know, you I mean, make, right now I'm make, banking on it
1: because I you know haven't made enough cool things myself so i'm hoping uh, they'll they'll do Okay that. i
0: think that's bullshit um <laughs> i think it's okay so you have this all or nothing mentality like I, I do do yeah do you also have this mentality of when i do something it all has to be done right now Oh yeah totally yeah okay. no i don't know yeah. how to like yeah slowly um build i am working time. so hard on this like <laughs> so hard on it um and i it's but what I will say is that the slow and steady thing has really been beneficial for me. I just don't – it, and I tried so many times in so many different ways, and I don't know why it worked this time. And it makes me mad that I can't figure that out because I want to <laughs> no, be able to go, oh, no, just do it this way. But, like, you can't. You have to figure it out for yourself.
1: This is where – I mean, like, my mother is a visual artist, and um, and so I learned a lot from her. And I I, like – playing around with that i'm no good at it but i always feel like oh you know what'd be fun it'd just be fun to play around with like some paints and i have some paints and stuff but they're like oil paints and every time i think about doing it i'm like oh yeah but you have to like do a layer and then let it dry and then come back to it later oh man next layer and let it dry i'm like that sounds terrible i just want to paint a picture right now (laughs) and just have it be done
0: you want to go to one of those things where they bring you a bottle of wine and they go all right here's a boat by a dock Uh-huh. And you are paint this, and it's not going to be that good. But you're going to get drunk, and you're going to be with a couple of people you like. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know? the get drunk part, whatever. Let you me take your ninety
0: dollars. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm and there's very... a, and listen, there's a place for that too. You know, I don't think anybody needs. I don't think everybody needs to go out and go out be an artist. I don't think that's the point.
1: No. Um, well, I mean, I think everyone can be an artist because I think it's it's actually not an exclusive thing. Everyone is or can be in whatever way they choose. Well, there's a reason it's called work. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, some people are more suited to it and some people have more of a natural gift. But like, you know, even LeBron James doesn't become LeBron James without a bunch of work. It's
1: true. And I, you know, there's a quote that I always come back to because in general, I struggle with this and I struggle with it in all ways too, because you were saying like, be the change in the world. You felt like it's, you have to be everything, right? Like you have to be fully. And I I feel this way all the time and it paralyzes me all the time, no matter what it is I want to do. I'm like, well, ah, that means I have to do it and I can't do all that. So I just do, I'll I'll sit here and do nothing and like sit and shake, you know, and, and be afraid. Yes. And uh, the thing that I try really hard, like I, it's just, I try to just hold it in my head all the time is the Arthur Ashe quote, um, which is start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And like, I have to say that to myself all the time. I have to constantly tell myself that that's enough. That matters. Start where I, where I am. Use what I have. I don't have to go find a million things in order to be able to do this next thing. Just what do I have right now that I can use? And what can I do right now? That's not going to be everything, but I could do something right now, right? Mm -hmm. Do that. That it's like, it's been a very difficult thing for me to learn and I'm still very much trying, but I I have to go to that quote and sort of re-reference it and re-up it in my life constantly.
0: What an amazing mantra though. I mean, that's it's the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's also, it's also lowering your own expectations without telling you to. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it it's saying you
0: don't have to do all of this. Are you familiar with the 10 minute rule?
1: Oh gosh, that sounds so familiar. I definitely. It's one of these things that I like every time. I,
0: okay. So one of the things that's happening to me as I go through this process is I'm like, Oh, I'm one of those people. I'm like, I'm that guy at the party. there's all this bullshit that I figured out. And like, if people start talking to me, eventually I'm going to start sharing it. Like some weird Christian who's witnessing at the, you know, neighborhood barbecue, you know, but like, so the 10 minute rule is you're supposed to, and I'm not good about doing it, but I'm trying. You're supposed to take a task you hate doing or Mm -hmm. a project. You don't, you keep putting off Mm -hmm. and you say, I'm just going to work on it for 10 minutes. And then, and then basically you let yourself off the hook. Right. You say, I don't have to worry about that the rest of the day. Right. Tomorrow I'll do 10 more minutes. Now you can't do everything that way, but like if you've got a garage, to like I've got a shed right now that's just overflowing with shit. It's mm-hmm. making me anxious. I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I come up with excuses not to do it. It's too cold. It's too wet. It's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. I need to just do it. What I need to do is go out there for 10 minutes. Yeah. And so I need to do, but like, I got to make myself do it and it's hard.
1: I've sort of intuitively started doing this in like a lot of places in my life because I, I do struggle with like completion and perfection and all or nothing all the time. And it, it has <laughs> messed up many areas of my life down to things like, well, I don't have time to clean the whole kitchen right now. Like, so I'm just not going to do it until I right. have time to clean the whole kitchen or I don't have time to fold all this laundry. So I'm just not going to do it until I have time to fold all this laundry. And what I started doing probably in the last like five years is like playing this game with myself. And it has changed entirely how I, I do these mundane things where I go, oh, instead of saying, I don't have time to clean the whole kitchen right now. Hey, I have three minutes until this next Zoom call starts at work. I wonder how much I could get done in three minutes. Let's see. And it like, and I do it like this little sort of, huh. Turns out I can unload the dishwasher. I can wipe down all the counters and I can actually like, you know, take the garbage out in three minutes. It actually doesn't take as long as I think it does. No. And I wind up with like, oh, my space is cleaner. Like my, my, I'm not as burdened by the stress of all these things hanging over my head as much because I'm kind of getting things done in little bits and pieces. And and you find really like, a difference.
0: <laughs> and again, like some of it for me is like, I'm, I'm 50 years old and still learning these lessons. And it's like, oh. How come I didn't know this at 14? And then, <laughs> and then you go back to the whole, oh, it's because you're stupid. And uh, you, you don't know what you're doing and everyone else is ahead of you.
1: Right. No, but that's where I am actually. See, I flipped that narrative completely because then I go, oh, my God, I am fucking brilliant. Look I what just, I, just, <laughs> I just figured out. That is amazing.
0: No. Uh, next, wow, so, I am so, so when are you starting the Maura quince life hacks YouTube channel? I can't <laughs> wait. I just can't wait. Um, I mean, you know,
1: in a couple minutes a day I'll I'll get that done. Uh,
0: it is it is kind of amazing what that sort of slow, consistent progress will do. I mean, you said something, and actually, this is a great place to wrap up. You said something in our last chat that also stuck with me, which was something to the effect of what if genius is just doing something really well? consistently for a long period of time. I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially the idea of the quote.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we do get wrapped up in this concept of genius being this sort of extraordinary thing and we place a lot of weight on it and we think that it is like sent down from on high. Uh, Whereas, yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of times that genius just is caring and working and doing it and and putting your whole self into something uh, on a regular basis
0: being present
1: yeah yeah it often takes that as much as i like to you know hide somewhere else
0: <laughs> that's a struggle for you
1: it can be yeah absolutely
0: yeah. um i find that I, I find that i float around as well you know and and uh, the distractions of our society don't make it don't make it simple
1: Hold on a second, I'm just checking TikTok. I'll be right back.
0: No worries. No worries. Have fun. Yeah. By the way, everyone <laughs> should check out your TikTok. It's fucking hilarious. Oh
1: God. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> That's great. My my amazing.
0: wife is a my wife is a huge fan. Oh. Huge fans. Um, nice. Maura, thank you so much for doing this. This was really fun.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: How about that, huh? The talented, thoughtful, and wonderful and hilarious Mora Quint. Thank you so much, Tamora, for being on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Again, please make sure that you are subscribing to the Substack. It is the way that I make this thing happen. Go over there, support with a paid or even a free membership. Uh, just subscribe. Go to whatamimaking.substack.com. Please make sure you're subscribing to this podcast, wherever it is you're getting podcasts from. Make sure you're telling all of your friends, your coworkers, your family, and your neighbors about what we're doing here. If you have people in your life who like art, music, film, uh, poetry, literature, culture in general, make sure they're coming over here to check this out. Do you have weird friends who have deep thoughts about heavy shit? Send them this way. What am I making is built for people like that. Thanks again for being here. I'm Maddie C. We'll see you next time.